Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know, uh, which off-air, uh, still working on a title for this one. I don't know what we'll end up with, but I was, I was pitching it to the gang as the episode where we start a fight with the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> what are we talking about? There, there's so many there's so many beef points between the US and Saudi Arabia or the world and the kingdom. Here's, here's the scoop. Today's episode may be a sensitive subject to many in the audience. It touches on several ongoing legal cases, which will, many of which will likely not be resolved for one reason or another. You might not be aware of this one, but it is an international conspiracy. It ha- it's at least a decade old, probably older. It continues as we record today, and there's not a solution really. It is set to continue in the future. The best way for us to get into this story is to explore it through a specific recent example in Oregon. 
uh, that just uh, just hit a crisis point in 2019, but it begins in 2016. So here are the facts. Yes. On August 19th of 2016, Abdul Rahman Samir Nora was charged with first degree manslaughter for fatally hitting a 15 year old girl named Fallon Smart with his car uh, in Portland. Um, the charge uh, was technically elevated manslaughter. We've talked about the weirdness behind these types of kind of delineations of styles of murder. But yeah, elevated manslaughter alleges that Nura caused Smart's death unlawfully and recklessly under circumstances manifesting extreme indifference to the value of human life. Whew. Okay. Um, Smart was crossing legally in front of traffic when Nura illegally swerved into the left turn lane and hit her at 55 to 60 miles per hour. Uh, Nura was driving on a suspended license, uh, did not stop after running over this, this person, and police said that he later returned to the scene, uh, which I, th I guess the indication there is just kind of wanton disregard for, you know, um, consequences, perhaps. But we'll see. Well, I mean, he's he's going back to see what happened, right? Oh, yeah, but also, like, uh, there's a got to, you know, that's a luxury, I would say. Like, if I was going to flee, I would fully flee. I wouldn't be like, doo, 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 let's go back and see what happened. That's, so that's a little bit uh, interesting. Yeah, he was likely, this is my speculation, he was likely instructed by someone to return and assured that, uh things would ultimately be okay. He had been in the U.S. for some time. He first visited the country in 2014 from his native Saudi Arabia. He was on a student visa, as, you know, many people travel to the U.S. on a student visa. Uh, he was studying at Portland Community College. The Saudi Arabian government, through its consulate, retained private attorneys, uh, one of whom will occur later in this story, Ginger Mooney, uh, and they cut his bail was, I think, initially set at a million dollars. So they cut a hundred thousand dollar check for his bail. He was put on pretrial supervision, kind of like house arrest, ankle monitor, the bracelet, the whole nine. Uh, and his passport was taken. Uh, that's important because typically in the world of legal international travel, there is only one living person right now who can travel without a passport. That is the Queen of England. Weird story. It's true. We have a, I think we have a video about it uh, somewhere. Brain stuff or stuff they don't want you to know. So here's where our law and order music starts kicking in. Two weeks before his trial, which was scheduled for June 2017, Nora disappears. A black SUV is seen pulling into the home where he's staying at. He had a he was staying at a with a host family along with a cousin he was very close to. We know that he was driven to a gravel lot about two miles away. And we know this because he still had his tracking monitor on his ankle. Uh, so the feds followed that signal uh, to the gravel lot and found that someone had sliced the monitor off and just discarded it. There were also cell phone, laptop stuff involved here. From there, federal authorities in the U.S. believed Nora, who is, by the way, just 21 at this point. He's a young kid. He was given a fake or illicit passport, and he was flown somehow out of the U.S., likely on a private plane. And you may be wondering, wow, 
this guy must be really important. This, uh, for, for that to go down, or he must be extremely rich to be able to get someone to do that. Either someone did that for him, or he did it on his own accord. It's very strange. Just, just the fact that a, a precaution would be taken, like a pretty extreme precaution, taking a passport, making sure, okay, this person is not going to leave. And then to be able to have a, an organized group of people to assist in getting this person out of the country, there's something deeper going on. It feels, it feels like a movie. Uh, like like some kind of spy movie or a caper, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Because, look, you know, I, I complained about this off-air earlier. Uh, I can't get away with overdue library fees. You know what I mean? Like, I have consequences for that. How did this guy give the feds the slip and get out of the country what's happening? It, the thing is, federal prosecutors without disclosing all of the specifics of their information other than what we've just mentioned, federal prosecutors are certain that the Saudi Arabian government itself conspired to remove Nora before he could face any actual jail time uh, for killing this child. And, you know, for the record, uh, it doesn't seem like it was premeditated murder. It feels like it was um, a horrific accidental tragedy. But and that re- doesn't bring the kid back to life. Reckless, yeah. yeah. And, and, and you know, we, I joked about the, the the lines that we make in the law between different types of killing, and obviously some of them exist for a reason: premeditated versus an accident, a tragedy, something that you participated in but perhaps did not actually intend to do. I understand that, but this is also, you know, there's a level of wantonness and a level of disregard for human life on display here that is very troubling, at the, at the very least. Yeah, the authorities noted, like the local police in Portland noted that at the time, Nora seemed in like markedly indifferent to the fact that there was someone dead because of his driving. But we have to be careful with that kind of emotional attribution because he could have just been in shock. Also you know true. what I mean? Um, here's the thing. You've probably heard of extradition treaties. You don't have to be a a legal expert to know what they are. Extradition treaties are agreements that countries make or that um, agreements that either individual countries make bilaterally or they're agreements that coalitions like the EU will make uh, for EU member states. Not every country has an extradition treaty with every other country, which is how some people are able to fake their deaths and get away and live in a non-extradition country. Uh, and when the authorities find out that they've committed pseudocide, which is the correct word, uh, they, it doesn't matter if those people are faking their death because you can't get them back to your country to face their crimes. The U.S. and Saudi Arabia do not have an extradition treaty. So it is highly unlikely that Nora would be arrested inside the kingdom of Saudi Arabia for this crime in the U.S., and it is virtually impossible. It would be unprecedented for the kingdom to actually send one of one of their own citizens to the U.S. to serve time in the U.S. prison system. Currently, the feds say they don't know specifically where Nora is, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So in short, all the details aside, the main takeaway is this. 
Uh, he killed a child, a 15-year-old, and he got away with it. And it gets worse. Boy, does it ever. And as we said, this this took place in Portland, Oregon. And there, there's a journalist there working for the Oregonian, also known as Oregon Live. Uh, his name is Shane Dixon Cavanaugh. And he's been looking into this pretty extensively. There are many, many articles you can read on the websites there um, to learn about this. And he has found that it appears that this isn't just a one-off. This isn't an exception to the rule. This seems to be a much larger issue, a pattern of people getting away with terrible things in the United States and being sent back to Saudi Arabia somehow. Right. I like that you point out this as an iteration of a pattern. That's our, that, this is our conspiracy for today. How many people has the government of Saudi Arabia removed from justice? And perhaps uh, more importantly and more disturbingly, why aren't the feds doing anything about it? This is a question we'll answer after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. 
Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Here's where it gets crazy. So, Kavanaugh, if you're listening, uh, thank you for doing this amazing work. I was, I was profoundly impressed. Um Kavanaugh has made a series that is ongoing called Fleeing Justice, which is available now at OregonLive.com. In his investigation, he breadcrumbed together dozens of cases of Saudi Arabian nationals, typically young college students, illegally fleeing the U.S. and Canada after being charged with serious crimes. And we're not talking about stuff like late fees at Blockbuster or libraries or something. Is that that a crime? Late fees at Blockbuster? Because if so, I am a criminal. I still think (laughs) about that. Like, how different would the world be? Maybe I should have paid those late fees. Well, what happens when when the company like dissolves? I mean, there is technically one remaining active Blockbuster. Um, but Ben, to your earlier point, the public library, they are relentless. They will come after you. They will like, you know, dox you. And it's its very scary to be on the wrong side of the public library system. Yeah. Uh, the word on the street is that librarians trained under the most elite hounding force in the U.S., which is, of course, people who want to talk to you about your car's extended warranty. Uh, oh. they're, they're pretty much the SEAL Team 6 of bugging you. <laughs> but uh I'm kidding. It's true. <laughs> but but look, the you know, we're we're trying to inject levity into this because uh these individuals were charged with, not convicted, but charged with things like manslaughter, rape, uh more fi- kinds of sexual assault, uh, illegal possession of firearms, possession of graphic depictions of child abuse, uh and charges of like encouraging, soliciting, disseminating that kind of material. Kavanaugh found these, and then he also found uh, he, he was the one who originally reported this story that we just shared with you at the top of the show. He also found a pattern of state level interference from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia with each of these cases. And then he found that this has been an open secret among federal authorities for at least a decade. I would argue probably more. Like everybody, it's just not getting, it just wasn't getting reported near as often until Kavanaugh started digging it. Yes. And for, for, for the record, I've always been a big fan of the Oregonian and the reporting they've done, a show that I worked on that I've mentioned a couple times. No, we actually had Phil Stanford, who once wrote for the Oregonian on the show, and they've definitely done good work in investigative journalism over the years. Um, this series from Kavanaugh began when he learned about this particular case involving Nura. Uh, Kavanaugh, through Tons of deep dive research was able to conclude, uh, and this is a quote from the piece, despite unknowns in the ongoing investigation, officials with the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and U.S. Marshals Service are all but certain 
Who helped orchestrate the remarkable escape? The kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And therein lies a pattern. This is, this is no longer in the quote. Uh, that the Saudi government paid bail, hired attorneys to defend nearly all of these young men, most of whom were uh, international c- college students at the time. And in each case, they were able to extract them before they were forced to face prosecution. Or... Uh, complete jail sentences. Some were traced back to Saudi Arabia, even after surrendering their passports to U.S. authorities. And to your point, Ben, that's crazy. That's a level of like like cheat code, you know, boss move that most are not capable of and definitely requires some kind of level of collusion on the part of our government. I'm just putting that out there. And then they realized... You know, there are several cases in Oregon. You know, you, you, if you imagine Kavanaugh working there at a paper that's based in the city, he's looking at cases that are happening around him, right? And then he and, and his team discover that, oh, no, it's not just Oregon. There's other cases like this in Montana, in Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Utah, Washington, Wisconsin. And they're realizing, oh, my God, this is happening across the U.S. And beyond. They also find two cases in Nova Scotia. Uh, Saudi students in two separate incidents uh, were had skipped bail and they had disappeared after being accused of sexual assault. I think it's fair to say whoosh, whoosh, disappeared because they they end up back at the kingdom. That's that's what happens. They may go somewhere else to some other country after that, uh, but the they go back to uh, their home country in Saudi Arabia. To your point, Matt, in Oregon, uh, Kavanaugh's team found seven cases they could verify involving Saudi nationals who vanished before they faced trial or completed the jail sentence. These were two people accused of rape, a pair of suspected hit-and-run drivers, one of whom was Nura, uh, one man accused of having depictions of child abuse on his computer, sexual assault charges, one man accused of carrying a loaded illegal firearm. And that's like that. That one is the lightest crime. That guy. Uh, All of these people were young men studying at colleges or universities in Oregon with assistance from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia at the time of their arrest. I want to give a comparison here and we'll make sure that we're not just picking on Saudi Arabia before this episode is over. So spoiler alert. But I want to make a comparison. Uh, Folks, Conspiracy realists, imagine that you went on a trip with Matt Knoll, Mission Control, and myself, and we were, I don't know, we're we're backpacking around uh Croatia, or we're uh we're doing a we're for some reason doing a tour in China. Wishes or horses, they let us in. Uh and then Uh, I don't want to accuse us of heinous crimes, but let's say one of us commits a heinous crime. You know what? Let's say let's just say an accidental death. uh, Right. Yeah. Let's say we get in a bar fight. We get in a bar fight and don't mean to kill somebody, but one of us kills somebody, and the government (laughs) government of Croatia or the government of China rightly says you're under arrest. But then, uh. If if we were like these nationals in today's episode, what would happen is that the government of 
the U.S., or let's just say the government of podcasting, the government of podcasting then would find a smart spycraft way to contact us, right, and communicate with us through obtuse or clandestine means, and then they would essentially say, Matt, if you're, if you're the person who accidentally threw the fatal punch, then they would essentially say, okay, we're going to post your bail, right? You're on okay. house arrest. Okay. Cool. At 12.43 p.m. on, you know, this Tuesday, just walk outside, stop at the threshold of your door so the ankle monitor doesn't ping, and then when the car pulls up, hop in, don't ask any questions. And then you get a, you get, they'll hand you a, US, a, a real looking U.S. passport that says like um, real guy last name or something, you know, yeah. and it's got yeah, your yeah, picture yeah. on it. And then boom, you're in the U.S. You'll, you'll never get to go to uh, Zagreb or Croatia or uh, Beijing or China again, but you'll also never serve a day in jail. That doesn't, that doesn't happen to the average person in the planet. And it shouldn't, right? Like, is that not crazy? That's insane to me. It is crazy. And it's almost, it's very similar to what we've discussed before when a spy who is operating under diplomatic immunity or something is operating in a different country, right? Doesn't it feel like that? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're going to get there, but it's just, it, it's galling to me. It's like, this, this doesn't happen in a vacuum, you know? I mean, there's somebody helping the process along the way. Is it sanctioned is it completely under the table uh, just to to keep the relationship you know nice and tidy with this country that we depend on these are these are good questions Noel. uh we we, we need to delve further though the answer is <laughs> no disgusting yeah there you go uh, <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's 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 the spoiler i'll give now uh we we didn't want to go da- too far down the rabbit hole. Again, you can read um, reports by ProPublica. You can report reports by the Oregonian and a couple of other um, high-quality outlets about this. Uh, but but just to give you the scope, like we want to name some of these people. So uh, picture Kavanaugh again picking up the breadcrumbs, putting the pieces together here. Uh, in addition to Nurah, he found... Uh, he found multiple people, as we said, like around 20. Uh, there's Mohammed Zarabi al Zawabi. Uh, he's one of the Nova Scotia folks in 2018. He disappeared. Uh, he was facing numerous charges of sexual assault and forcible confinement of a woman over a series of incidences occurring between 2015 and 2017. There's Sami Suleiman al Mezani. Uh, he was in Montana. This is in 2017. He was accused of raping his roommate after the pair returned home from a downtown music festival in, that was in July of 2017. Next, we have uh, Mukrin Maja Al-Balawi, um, and this took place in Washington in, two, in 2016. He was accused of beating and stabbing a man during an altercation in February of 2016. And then there's Saud Abdul uh, who in Washington in 2016 disappeared. Uh, he had forcibly confined someone, unlawful imprisonment it was called, and uh, had forced her to perform sex acts upon him. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I'm assuming, Ben, th- so many of these are from the Pacific Northwest because of the r- r- reporting from the Oregonian? 
Yeah, yeah. I listed out the seven cases, but eventually, just for the sake of time, I, I stopped. And I want to, again, recommend that people check out uh, Kavanaugh's work on this because it's it's super easy to rabbit hole. You'll see, like, we've got links arranged uh, where you can see the story and the particulars of each of these cases. You'll also see other ones that haven't been reported uh, or maybe collected in this series for one reason or another, but there are cases that occur in other places, in Milwaukee and so on. Uh, in Oregon, Saud Ali Algoiz, uh he disappeared in 2016. He's the illegal firearm guy. He currently has a couple of outstanding warrants in a couple of counties. I am going to be honest, to me, having a non-registered firearm feels lighter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And next we've got Suleiman Ali Al-Gwaiz. Uh, this is again in Oregon. This guy was charged with third degree assault. He's also charged with driving under the influence of something that was intoxicating him. There were other charges uh, laid against him, and that was in 2016. Would they have been related? Saud and Suleiman? Same exact uh, last name, or Ali Al-Gwaiz. You know, I do not know if they are officially related, but we're going to get into um, some troubling relations a little bit later in the episode. Got it. Next, we have Faisal Al-Taleb, and this was in Montana in 2016, and the uh, the charge here was sexual assault. And then uh, we have Abdulaziz Hamad Al-Dawais in Oregon 2015, uh, accused of sexually assaulting a classmate after uh, plying her with marijuana and booze. And then we have Walid Ali Al-Harthi, uh, and this was also in Oregon in 2015, and this was possession of child pornography. I mean, these charges run the gamut of, uh, oh my, so, so wide-ranging. And as we said, the, the list goes on. There is value in naming specific people here so that we're not just saying this number of folks, right, are, are part of this pattern or iterations thereof. Uh, and you're right, they run the gamut, but there is one thing they have in common, which is that these people did not and will not pay for their crimes. They exist in a different level of justice than, you know, most of us listening along today unless you are one of the people named and you happen to be listening to this episode, in which case feel free to reach out conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Yeah. And, and we're talking about this almost in terms of like, you know, extraction or some kind of, you know, heist, but it's, it's, in, in none of these cases was there an actual uh, breaking out. Uh, you know, these were all done more or less using um, the traditional means of, paying bail and using lawyers and all of that. Uh, so on paper, it could easily be justified that this was done through the proper channels. But as we'll see, uh, there's nothing proper about any of this. I hear what you're saying, Noel, but when we're talking about proper channels, a proper channel is not escaping the country illegally. Oh, 100%. Right? That's, that's, why, that's why it's... Um, so trouble. No, I, I'm, I, a million percent. I'm just saying like, you know, a paper trail wise, you know, they, they, they paid the bail, they got them out and then they fled, you know? Well, they, yeah, they, they skipped bail, I think. Right. That's how you would, yeah. you would say. 
Yeah, they skip bail, and uh, it's got to be got to be irritating to the skip tracers because uh, there you can trace some of these some of these individuals pretty pretty easily. You just cannot do anything about it. So. Yeah, it's they go through the proper channels up to a point, and we'll see the uh, we'll see the response of the um, the Saudi government to some of these crazy accusations uh, a little later in the show. It, it is important again to be, to be objective, to be fair. We have to note that these individuals were accused, they were suspected, they were arrested or indicted, but um, there hasn't been to your point Noel, an actual jailbreak you know like that prison escape show that was so popular a few years ago there it wasn't like a, a tank rolled through or someone dressed as i'm just thinking how cool this is in movies someone dressed as a prison guard like takes off their mission impossible mask face and it's tom cruise or something it's like we're getting you out of the states nothing like that nothing like that but close enough a real world version of it yeah, and and there's 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 a lot of really great reporting on this to, to to your point, Ben. And according to Sebastian Rotella and Tim Golden, who write for ProPublica, they uh, had this to say about the whole situation: uh, "Quote: Successive American administrations have avoided confronting the government in Riyadh out of concern that doing so might jeopardize U.S. interests, particularly Saudi cooperation in the fight against Islamist terrorism." So they knew. They knew about this. Again, they just did very little to prevent it. Uh, and Mission Control, uh, Paul Mission Control brought up a uh, a great point. Uh, he was asking me off air. He said, okay, well, why why is this happening? And uh, that, that's it in a nutshell. And when we told him, uh, his next response was counterterrorism. Weren't the majority of the terrorists involved in the events of September 11th Saudi nationals? And that's correct. So to be fair, a spokesperson for the Saudi embassy in Washington uh, named Fahad Nazir said that, quote, only a small fraction of Saudi students in the U.S. have gotten into any legal trouble and that Saudi officials have strictly adhered to all U.S. laws in helping them. He goes on to say the notion that the Saudi government actively helps citizens evade justice after they've been implicated in legal wrongdoing in the U.S. is simply not true. I put a little sass on that quote because it feels categorical and explicit, but it seems that that quote itself is at the very least misleading. Maybe the people who are assisting in these escapes are kind of like hackers, the hacker armies in China. Maybe they're just not officially condoned by the government and they just feel patriotic. Hmm. Or he's lying. Well, (laughs) that's the thing though. Like, I mean, when you get into all this like PR speak and again, this idea of strictly adhering to all U.S. laws, there's a dot, dot, dot there where it's up to a point. Like, like you said, mm-hmm. you can certainly say we strictly adhered to all U.S. laws, and then we didn't <laughs> until the point where we stopped doing that thing. Well, again, you'd have to prove that it's Saudi officials who are doing any taking any of these actions to get citizens out. Right? Ah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's plausible deniability, I mean, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 
you're it's a tough thing unless you've got solid evidence to to say hey Saudi Arabia you have government officials taking people out of the country and we know it um you you'd have to have serious evidence in order to make that accusation well, and while maybe we don't have that we do have a, a disturbing trend uh, an upward trend that we can measure and it would seem that the problem of U.S. students fleeing prosecution has increased um, largely in proportion to the Saudi student population in the United States increasing. Um, That population having been only 5,000 in 2005 uh, and then about a decade later exploding to more than 80,000. And that's according to the Department of Homeland Security. The Saudi government has sponsored most of these students under a scholarship program created by uh, the late King Abdullah, a three billion, mind you, dollar scholarship program. Yeah, so maybe it's uh, maybe it's a, just a, a numbers game question. There, there are so many more apples that maybe our incident of bad apples just increases, right? The the FBI, State Department, ICE, the rest of the Alphabet Boys, all the Alphabet Soup members have confirmed. To your point, Matt, that Saudi intelligence officials do monitor Saudi nationals in the United States. And they confirm this as part of their kind of routine security checks. You know what I mean? It's not a big Operation Snow White break into an embassy or something. This is standard operating procedure. So what they saw the intelligence officials doing was – the Saudi intelligence officials doing was looking for signs of possible radicalization, right? Looking for signs of uh, denigration against the kingdom, stuff like that. Just keeping an eye on these people because, uh, again, that is part and parcel of what they what they do, right? I mean, even like if you're a U.S. citizen and you travel to a foreign country, and you're going to be living there for a while. It's also highly recommended that you check in with the embassy or the consulate in case something happens, right? Uh, again, the U.S. consulate is not, for the average U.S. citizen, the U.S. consulate is not going to go to these lengths. You know what I mean? They're not going to they're not gonna, uh, spirit you away. Or what do we say in the troubled teen industry? They're not going to goo, goo you out you. Yeah, the uh, of the situation. Right. Yeah, you put yourself in. Uh But they found something else when they were looking at this. The officials found that the Saudi intelligence agents were also not just keeping tabs on the college kids, but intervening where they felt necessary up to and including assisting them in escaping criminal consequences that would put the average U.S. citizen pretty much under the jail. Like celebrities, the very wealthy and politicians obviously have a function under a different justice system. But the average U.S. citizen would be going to prison for a lot of this stuff. So can you guess why Uncle Sam has not been doing a damn thing about this for more than 10 years? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. We're back and we hope that you have returned as well. Uh, we left you with a question uh, and we shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. Here it is. Can you guess why Uncle Sam has not been doing anything about it? Wait for it, folks. If you're listening along at home and you already know the answer, please say it with us. The greater, the greater good. good. Love it. The greater Love that good. greater good. It's just the greatest. You know? Yeah. The, greater the most good. good. Yeah. For all, yeah, and, w- yeah. and what what do we mean? 
the greater good. Don't upset the apple cart is what we mean. We've got the, well, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. It just means that we don't want to, uh, it's like if you compare, it's like a cost benefit analysis we always talk about. Like if we do we really want to die on this hill of going to war with the Saudi government over these like misbehaving students, which in the grand scheme of things, you know, Uncle Sam could easily argue, not that big a deal when you compare it to like the overall picture of things. And we've actually, we've got a quote from someone who seems to know what they're talking about, a former FBI agent named Jeffrey Danik. He was the FBI's assistant legal attache in Riyadh from 2010 to 2012. And this is why he thinks these students are somehow getting back to Saudi Arabia uh, while the FBI and other intelligence agencies are aware. He says... It's not that the issue of Saudi fugitives from the U.S. wasn't important. It's that the security relationship was so much more important on counterterrorism, on protecting the U.S. and its partners, on opposing Iran. The Saudis were invaluable allies. So, yeah, this this argument is a greater good argument. It's a it's a cost benefit analysis argument. Not everybody is making the same argument for the people who would speak, whether on record or uh, anonymously. There were people who were saying, look, if this came across my desk at the time, I would have no problem approaching whomever my contact was in the kingdom regarding this issue, even if it's a painful one to bring up. But then you'll have people from other U.S. agencies who are saying, look, I have to I have to build relationships with with my partners on these projects, on counterterrorism. I have to ask sensitive questions to do a lot of digging, and I have to have rapport, and I have to have trust. And if I'm there to talk with these folks about something concerning geopolitics or national security, and I bring up, hey, where are these college kids? Uh, then I will be shut down. And not only will I have an unsuccessful conversation or interaction that day but i will never ha- i will never recover from from pressing this point uh, and this the problem with this is that both si- both sides are valid but if we wanted to be hyperbolic then uh, and and engage in some like bleeding headlines then we would say something like the U.S. has made a conscious decision to sacrifice some of its civilians. Mm. Uh, or, or, I mean, that's that's a terrible thing to say, and it is misleading, and it's an appeal to emotion and so on. But this kind of stuff also, these kind of decisions don't occur in a vacuum. There are other things that happen, like the U.S. protecting opium fields in Afghanistan. You know what I mean? Like, they're, you could say that they're enabling opioid addiction and heroin addiction in the U.S. Uh, Also, shout out uh, to the cost of doing business argument. I think you guys saw uh, that the makers of OxyContin just got slapped with uh, a tax. And they're shutting down. My understanding is Purdue's going away. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, the argument you could make there is like, this family, the Sacklers, you know, and these executives, they're basically just retiring, 
It's not like they're actually having to answer for their crimes. And it's not like they're actually going to see any. Re- Are they going to be in the poorhouse now because of these these things that have happened? Absolutely right. not. And and Ben, the thing that this makes me think of, and I, I, we constantly are running up into things that, that make me think this, is at the end of the day, we as a government and many governments, so many, just don't have any moral high ground. Don't have any like like moral soapbox to stand on ever, because at the end of the day, there's so many of these little calculations that involve knowingly allowing terrible things to happen, terrible people to continue doing terrible things under our watch. And yet we try our politicians try to take some kind of moral stance and say we are the, you know, law and order candidate or or party or whatever. And it's all bull. I agree. I mean, look. Honestly, a great deal of the concept of morality is a PR spin that is sold to a population, which I know sounds brutal and cold. And I'm not saying that the people uh, expressing those values do not themselves believe in them. I think often they do, but those are also tremendous rationalizations. Countries do not have friends. Countries have interests, right? When you get to that level, uh, we know that we know, however, that single individuals can and do make a difference, such as the reporters we've cited in today's episode. Uh, this reporting led to action in Congress, which I'm happy to report. Uh, U.S. Senator Ron Wyden from Oregon, introduced something he called the Saudi Fugitives Declassification Act of 2019. This is not aimed at prosecuting these nationals uh, because legally, again, due to extradition treaties, the ball is in the kingdom's court. Like, it, it, it would spark a war if the U.S. sent someone in to extract a Saudi national. That is one of the dumbest things that the U.S. could possibly do. And I know lately it seems like our international actions are based on answering that question. What is the dumbest thing we could do next? <laughs> well, but, but this has been a long time. That's yeah, been happening for a while. That's true. That's true. Uh, but this is not this is not something in the cards, is what I'm saying. Uh, so the Fugitives Declassification Act is made to compel the U.S. federal government to publicly disclose what it knows about Saudi Arabia's suspected role in helping citizens escape prosecution. So we're government employees. If you're a U.S. citizen, technically, they all work for you. So this is a bill by one of your employees that is telling some of your other employees to give us more details about the job they're supposed to be doing for you. And that's going to run into a lot of loopholes because when anytime counterterrorism comes up there, there's going to be a lot of a uh, redaction of stuff, right? We can only imagine. Yeah. You know, we talked earlier about needing serious evidence to be able to outright publicly accuse the Saudi Arabian government of taking these actions. Right. And really what to me, this bill reads as, Hey, if you actually know that this is happening, show us the evidence and lay it out on the table somewhere so we can, uh, can so we can really show that this is what's happening. And again, Ron Wyden, Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon is, like you said, Ben, as an employee of the people of Oregon, 
he it's, it seems like he's doing it for those people who like if you're we're talking about that 15 year old the very start of this episode who was killed in that hit and run accident hopefully that's what it would mean is there something special about Oregon or the Pacific Northwest that's led to so many of these cases happening there? Or is this just kind of like a microcosm of the bigger picture? It's an interesting question. I would say that uh, to a degree, it's a microcosm, bigger picture. And to a degree, it's based on it. It's in the Northwest. Could you ask this question earlier? Mm-hmm. Uh, to a degree, it's the... Um, the maybe the nature of how the initial incidents were reported and then discovered and collated, but make no mistake, this is not a Northwest specific. Thing. Yeah, no. nor as we'll find, is it a U.S. specific thing? Nor, as we all know, do uh, bills always become laws. There are tons of everybody remembers that song, right? Yeah, and just a bill. Just a bill. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, so it's right up there with the. Uh, that conspiracy animation that played once on Saturday Night Live, uh, which I, I think you guys remember. But the uh, but the the thing is, this bill was signed into law. The current presidential administration signed it late last year, toward the end of last year. Now the question is, will it be enforced? Uh, but we have to be we have to be honest. This is this is an issue that is not restricted to college students. It is not restricted to the United States. It is not restricted to Saudi Arabia. Uh, I, I would say this is this is one of the cases we talked about off air. Like consider the case of someone named Maid Abdulaziz Al Saud. So in 2015, this guy, who's a member of the royal family, is living in Beverly Hills, and he and a lot of a lot of people, a, a lot of really well-off folks from the Gulf will have a mansion in Beverly Hills. Just like how, you know, you know you've really made it in the financial elite when you have a, a dope house in London. So this guy became the subject of a civil suit, not a criminal suit, in Los Angeles when three women claimed he hired them as housekeepers and then forcibly confined them for three days to this crazy drug sex partying montage at his Beverly Hills mansion, like assaulted them, held them captive, got really weird with it, King Joffrey style. Or what's that other guy, Ram Ramsey Bolton? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although he was more Very just into torturing stuff. people, I think uh, Joffrey might be a more. Well, they were both pretty into torturing people and 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 excess. You're you're spot on, Ben. So we do want to say we're we're going to share some of the uh, the stuff that this this fellow was accused of doing. He was uh, did weird things. It wasn't like the typical, and I hate to say it that way, but it, it wasn't like what you would always think of when you think of sexual assault. It wasn't just that. Like he did try to uh, force these people to perform sexual acts on him, but he also did stuff like take off his clothes and like rub himself on literally everybody else in the mansion. These, these poor women, his security guards, like people who are just by the pool. And he was saying stuff like, lick me, lick my whole body. And, um, I, I, maybe it's just the, the fact that no one has ever said no to him. Then he ordered his entire staff to get naked by the pool and said vulgar things to him. And one woman protested, and that's when he told her this. 
Yeah, he said, you're not a woman, you're nobody. I'm a prince, and I'll do what I want, and nobody will do anything to me. So clearly an ingrained attitude. Uh, uh, and then he, you know, uh, triggery stuff here, folks, if you haven't already kind of warned it, but double trigger warning. Um, he tried to urinate on people, make them watch another man perform a sex act on him. Um, and you know, this is a person that has not, and most assuredly will not be prosecuted. And this of course, isn't the only case we're looking at. There's so many here. We're not going to name them, but let's look at the case of Prince Saud bin Abdulaziz bin Nasir al Saud, who in 2010 was convicted of murdering his servant, Bandar Abdulaziz, with whom he had been carrying on a sexual relationship. Um, it was pretty terrible. Bandar was beaten, strangled until he died. Uh, it was described as a drunken rage that the prince had entered into when this occurred. And the prince, believing that he would have some kind of diplomatic immunity, wasn't necessarily afraid of any repercussions. However, the UK did move forward with custody. They, they took him in and attempted prosecution. Right, right. And this this case is interesting because there's a question of whether or not the prince actually wanted to return to Saudi Arabia after what was revealed in the court proceedings because uh, publicly revealing that he was in a, um, a, a same-sex relationship of any sort could make him uh, could make him liable for the crime of homosexuality in Saudi Arabia, which could lead to the death penalty. So he would want to, you know, if his life is on the line, he may have needed to seek asylum in the UK after serving his sentence uh, because the UK has non-medieval laws. In 2013, however, the prince was, in an extraordinary move, returned to Saudi Arabia to a prison ostensibly to serve out his sentence. Again, that's extraordinary. Uh, We will see what actually happens. The laws are just different. And and this is making another pro- this is creating another problem in the US that we have to talk about toward the end. It, these cases in the US which are terrible have led to Islamophobic anti-Muslim forces, right? They they've taken this stuff up and they're stereotyping somehow all people from Saudi Arabia or all people from the Islamic world as as um, exactly like the criminals in question here, which is terrible. It's one of the worst things to take away from this. Uh, Ginger Mooney, who we mentioned at the beginning, served as defense attorney for several individuals in the Oregon cases. She's received death threats, anti-Muslim propaganda. Uh, she had to temporarily close her practice. Uh, people are using this as a way to sow religious persecution and division, which is unclean. But the point is here that it doesn't doesn't seem it's religion that matters. It just seems like money and things like counterterrorism or geopolitical relationships weigh heavily on the scales of justice. Go back to Afghanistan and look at uh, how much trouble uh, members of the military got into when they refused to allow child abuser warlords to function as normal. You know what I mean? They got discharged, uh, I believe, in some cases because they would find like literal children chained up 
to be abused by people who are like police chiefs, and they were told not to do anything about it. I mean, that's that's what's happening. It's a series of compromises to a greater good. And sometimes and you know what, in in terms of counterterrorism, it seems like the end goal just keeps moving. Right. There's not a finish line. Um, It's not like other nations are necessarily different. We have the case of Anne Sakolas here in the U.S., wife of a U.S. diplomat struck and killed a teenager, a 19-year-old in the United Kingdom while driving on the wrong side of the road, is not going to get in trouble for it whatsoever. When you're important and you're wealthy, it really is a different system. And it's pretty damn depressing. Matt, Prince Andrew. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I really didn't want to think about him today. Damn it, Ben. (laughs) Sorry, guys. But that's, I mean, that's where we're at. And now we want to pass the torch to you. What What do you think? Let us know. I mean, is it, Noel, Matt, is it uh, overly cynical or negative to say that this is probably going to continue? What, what do you guys think? I mean, it's, I think, realistic uh, based on the patterns that we've seen, based on how difficult it is to actually enforce this stuff because of the complicity of folks in power on our side. Well, I mean, if, if, in folks in power everywhere, it's, it's complicity across the globe when there, when there's power and strategic advantage to being friends, right? We, yeah. we, we, we talked about that numerous times. There are no friends in politics been this way, but there are, there are strategies, there are allies, there are, are dominoes that can be set up and there are levers that can be pulled. And when, when that is so important, specifically the relationship between the United States and Saudi Arabia, you know, because of resources, because of position where they, where they are, the historic wealth that exists in, in the kingdom. I mean, what are you going to do? You, you, like you said, Ben, you can't send in a, a, a team to extract someone. You can't, really do anything besides take a flashlight and shine it on the stuff that we know. And hopefully, good God, hopefully that bill goes through and at least it will be a known thing. But, but even then people have to care enough to care. Yeah. I, you know, and, and one thing that we didn't get to you know, an excellent point you raised, Noel, is that there has to be complicity on the U S side. I would argue not just the high-level stuff. Obviously, people made a cost-benefit analysis there, but but someone has to monitor the planes flying in and out, right? Someone works at the airport, you know. Someone someone greenlit this stuff. I mean, I remember being on a grounded flight one time because of like you know runway trouble, or I don't remember exactly what it was. Maybe there was a mechanical thing, but I got off the plane to like get a snack, and they wouldn't let me back on the plane. Like until they reboarded, like there are serious guidelines and like regulations that go into who can and cannot get back onto planes, uh, you know, a uh, procedural kind of situation that is, uh, you know, held to ironclad by these folks. So but we're talking about private flights, right? We're talking about for like. A cut, you know, a handful of people that are on a plane. No, that's a good point. I didn't um, even think about a that. G6. You know? So popular, it, oh, is it G6? Oh, no, I don't have the specifics of the play. Actually, right now, uh, in, unless this uh, Declassification Act shakes something loose, uh, the official word is we're not sure how 
we're not sure about the specifics of how people are getting out. We haven't been able to find a specific plane, a specific airport, a specific route. But yeah, but I mean, that's kind of the point. If it's a smaller plane on a smaller airport, I mean, the the amount of complicity that would be necessary from a government agency, I think, would be minimum. Yeah. Now, you're you're spot on there, Matt. I completely I've agree. got. Yeah, I agree. I, I do have to give one shout out. So it's not just a, a, a terrible negative ending. I do have to give one shout out to uh, the time that the U.S. said, yes, we will invade your country and we will snatch people up and take them back. It's not Saudi Arabia. It's the Netherlands. It's the Invade the Hague Act. Do you guys remember this one? Invade the Hague. Uh-huh. The American Service Members Protection Act of 2002 uh, authorizes the use of military force to liberate any American or citizen of a U.S. allied country being held at the International Criminal Court. Wow. So the idea is that, that in that case, the U.S. will invade and will extract an individual. But I think that's meant to protect various VIPs in the U.S. from war crime accusations. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is heinous, though. Yeah, so the Netherlands that technically is number one uh, as far as extractions. But uh, now we want to hear from you. Let us know, uh, is, is this calculation brutal, cold, though it may be? Is it ultimately correct? Is there something else should, that should be done? What should, uh, what should federal authorities say to the families, Right. And uh, what does this mean for the future? You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. We'd like to recommend Here's Where It Gets Crazy. There is a quiz. Just uh, say our names, all of us or one of us. Say something that lets us know you heard the episode. Uh, say something uh, ponderful that makes us laugh. Give us your best bad dad jokes. Uh, but if you don't love social media, then you can also just give us a ring. Yep, that's one eight three three S T D W Y T K. Leave us a message. Try to keep it brief. Uh, if you can fit your story into three minutes or less, that is golden on our end. Uh, and please let us know if you are okay with us sharing it, because uh, you may be aware we now do weekly listener mail shows, and these uh, voicemails are a big part of that. That's right. And check out YouTube. YouTube.com slash conspiracy stuff. Check out all of our videos. They're all hanging out there. And uh, watch clips from these episodes of the podcast that we're making right now. And teaser, we have more episodes on the way. We're still working during a pandemic. So uh, honestly, our uh, our video team is great. We just have to keep uploading these files. Yeah, I know. Mine are still going right now. My video files from like the last two weeks are going up right now. So we have some surprises for you on the way. Do tune in. But hey... You might be saying, I like YouTube, but those videos aren't up yet. Uh, I hate phones because it's 2020 and calling people is kind of offensive. Uh, and I don't like social media because I listened to your other episodes about how terrible social media is. I have something to tell you. How do I talk to you? Well, we have good news. You can contact us wherever you are, whatever time you wish, whenever the spirit moves you at our good old fashioned email address where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com.
Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 